We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach. First of all, dude, how are you enjoying uh, the middle of July so far uh, and your gut reaction to the news today that unfolded uh, relative to the running back position? Teams just not willing to uh, pay dudes. What's up? First of all, it's hot outside. There's no football on, so I'm not very – I don't like this part of the year. I'm much more of a fall-winter guy, so I'm just kind of riding it out until we get to that point. But the running back thing – a lot of people are acting shocked, like running backs are devalued now and not a pre- that's been the case for years. It's not just a, a new revelation. You don't pay running backs. And we've learned that in this passing era of the NFL in the last, I guess, decade or so. You know, guys like Saquon Barkley, guys like uh, Tony Pollard, they deserve long term deals, but it, it's the nature of the beast right now. They're not going to get it. And I'm not going to really shed tears for anyone making 13, 14 million for one season, fully guaranteed, by the way. I think if they want to see change, you know, and and kind of wrestle back some uh, appreciation financially, because what you know, when we talk about love languages and, and the art of human communication, for the NFL, the love language is money, right? That's how they that's how they show their affection. And if we want to, if the running back position wants to wrest back some of that affection, one of these guys has to maybe like really toe the line and take this down to the wire. I mean, obviously, from what I've read, Zach, based on reporting, um, Saquon's not going to report to training camp. I want to say uh, Jacobs, Jacobs, supposedly going to hold out. He can hold out past September 10th. I'm cool with that. Exactly. Broncos fans are going, yeah, okay, cool. Let's go. Hold out Jacobs. Hold the Bronco killer, right? But one of these guys, hopefully, you know, I mean, it's easier. It's easy for me to say sitting here from an air conditioned office uh, in front of a microphone when there are many millions of dollars at stake for these guys, but someone's got to be that uh, standard bearer to try and get the teams to, to basically, and it's not like you got to pay every running back ridiculous money, but the ones who truly set themselves apart as elite players, man, pay these guys. Yeah. Yeah. You don't got to get crazy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you're onto something though. There needs to be someone that kind of uh, reshapes the landscape of the running back market, similar to what Kirk cousins did 
uh, when he signed with the Vikings. If you recall, he signed a three-year deal at a time when quarterbacks are still getting five, six-year deals, and he got it fully guaranteed the entire length of the contract. And he was kind of a trendsetter in that yep. department. I don't know if it's going to happen for a running back. Obviously quarterbacks are way more important, but maybe someone will step up. I'm not, you know, wishing for Jacobs to report anytime soon. Saquon can do what he wants, Tony Pollard, whatever, but Josh Jacobs, he misses week one. I'll be thrilled. Indeed guys. Hope you're having a great day. Hope your Monday in Broncos country has been awesome. Uh, because Broncos country, as you know, it's not a geographic location. It is a state of being. That means it is wherever you are. We know where David is down in Arizona, a.k.a. the Papa Bear, jumping in with a very generous super chat to open things up before we even went live, being a very patient boy as well, saying good evening, Broncos country, Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag 11 days, MHH for life. Buckham times three, that's with a B. And Denver Broncos for life. Love it, dude. So great to, to see you tonight, David. And yes, uh, we are inching ever closer. The rookies report a week from tomorrow. The rookies report. And then, of course, training camp kicks off uh, the 28th. So, Zach, I mean, it's been a long grind. Um, <laughs> this has been probably one of the longer, as far as perception goes, all right, the way it feels for me. This has felt like one of the longer off seasons ever. But we're almost there, dude. Well, because the Broncos, you know, they they made the biggest splash of any team, I believe, this offseason by hiring Sean Payton. And we've been waiting since that moment. So we've been waiting since January for the next major, you know, event. And that would be the start of the season. I literally cannot wait for it. And David, it's bringing me comfort and, and solace. You counting down each and every podcast. I'm right there with you. Yes. And also, look who it is. We got Howie frickin day in the frickin house showing some frickin support. To your boys, to your football priests. Great to see you, my dog. He says, evening, gentlemen. No, wait, let's do it like Ron Burgundy. Evening, gentlemen. <laughs> who knows how for who shows out, pardon me, first in preseason? And then who might be the sleeper this year? Hashtag Buckham. So let's let's uh, have some fun with this. We'll get to the Davis Webb stuff. Don't worry. There's some interesting stuff to talk about. Maybe wouldn't be Zach uh headlining a podcast episode if we're say in September or October or even March. But right now, we'll, it's, it's definitely headline fodder. We'll get to that. But Howie wants to know, who's someone that you see Zach showing out kind of first? Who's leading the charge in the preseason? I think the, this is going to be a very cop-out type answer, but the whole team. We didn't see any Broncos starters last preseason, and now they have a major coaching upgrade by way of Sean Payton, and he's going to play the starter. So I think the first units, uh, especially offense, will look pretty crisp, and that'll be refreshing. So that's my kind of 10,000-foot uh, view of that. But in terms of sleepers, Jaleel McLaughlin, first name that came to mind because yeah, he too. is explosive. Um, he is dynamic, and he's also going to play against not first or second team defenders, but third and fourth stringers, which he can dominate. So uh, I look for him to have a big preseason and kind of put a stranglehold on that RB3 job. He's definitely one of the sleepers that comes to mind for me too first, and obviously one of the guys I could see showing out in preseason. But I want to throw out there also Samaj P. Ryan. But I think that one, as far as preseason is concerned, really hinges on, you know, when Sean Payton talks about, um, no, they're going to play. The starters will play in the preseason. We're going to really test what that means. I mean, traditionally, Zach, you would get like a possession or two, uh, maybe first quarter and into the second quarter from a starting unit, and then they get pulled until the quote-unquote uh, 
Let me turn that off. Until the uh, whatever it was, third season, the dress rehearsal, third, usually the third preseason game, then all the starters would rest. This was back when it was still a four-game four preseason. And then they'd play through the set first half and come out and, and play the opening possession of the third quarter just to get that feeling and that rhythm of getting heated up, playing through two quarters, cooling off on halftime, and then coming back and getting at it for the third quarter. Um, so I'm curious to see how how much Samaje gets used, but I think he's going to pop uh, quite quickly. I think Broncos fans are going to be like, yo, this was a good move. And who else is going to pop? Are those paving the way for P. Ryan and McLaughlin and maybe even Pookie Williams? The offensive lineman, Mike McGlinchey, Ben. I am so excited to see the two linemen the Broncos signed. Ben Powers, uh, specifically. Another guy, really quickly, that could be a sleeper, that could have a big preseason, could be trade bait, after which, Albert O. I don't know why I feel like he's being challenged by Sean Payton. He has the physical uh, pass-catching upside. And um, I just think he's going to do well against he, he's an experienced veteran player going up against backups and future, you know, UPS drivers. So I can see him having a, a solid summer. Yes. Well, hope, we'll see if he answers the bell. Cause you're right. Sean Payton definitely uh, laid down the gauntlet. Troy, bro. Wow, this is you, a Troy. very generous super chat. Thank, thank you. you so much, my friend, uh, especially this time of year. I hope, you know, and everyone listening, all our great uh, listeners and members of our community that, this really does go a long way for us right about now. So thank you, Troy. He says, hey, guys, it's tough because team control of players for a longer time makes the team more stable and better as a fan. But the downside is running backs can't outlast that control period to get the huge contracts like, say, a wide receiver. I feel bad, but I don't see a solution. It's a fair point. You know, these guys get uh, if they are relatively you know, in today's terms, highly drafted. Let's just say if they're a first or second round pick uh, in the NFL, they get exposed to the meat grinder right out of the gates. I mean, for the most part, they become, I mean, even like Javante Williams year one, he was a 1B starter next to Melvin Gordon, almost rushed for a thousand yards, by the way, as the number two guy. Um, and then they get exposed to that meat grinder. By the time you get to a uh, contract year or, you know, they hit the free agent market, the perception around the league is that they're, they've already, maxed out right they've already they're on the downhill even if it's incremental and and, and you know de the degrees to which are up for debate they're on the downswing and i think as a as zach like a you know painting with broad strokes that's probably the way it is for most running backs but not all not all of them are like that some of them keep grinding keep chugging i mean look derrick henry for example uh outlived his usefulness so to speak well beyond his rookie contract we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
I just feel like compared to other positions like quarterback, you need a multitude of running backs. You know, a quarterback, you need one per game. You need one starter, and that's you're good if he's your franchise guy. But with the physicality of the game and just the way defense is playing now, you have to withstand the war of attrition. And more often than not, look what happened to Javante Williams, in fact. I mean, he's a tough guy. He's as physical and dominant, you know, athletically, I think, as they come. But even he was susceptible to an injury. What the Broncos do? Went out and signed uh, P. Ryan, went out and signed Tony Jones. So I'm with you, Troy. I do feel bad to an extent, except for Josh Jacobs. But I don't see a solution other than just be aware if you play that position in the NFL, your quality of career or length of career, I should say, is severely diminished. And that's just that's just how it is now. It sucks. Uh, Mike, so good to see you tonight, big dog. Appreciate you always being with us. Um, and then also I see uh, the triple C Colby, Colby C. Collier jumping in saying uh, uh, we did it again. Scott and I, we always click at the same time. Hey, everyone, he says, nice to see y'all on Monday. It's great to see you, big dog, uh, and everybody in our chat. Thank you for being with us tonight. And again, a special, special shout-out to Troy um, and David and Howie, throwing down huge uh, as well. So, Zach, I want to get to the main topic for tonight's live stream, and that is how this uh, first-time quarterbacks coach by the name of Davis Webb that the Broncos hired continues to find his way into headlines around the NFL in what was an excellent, excellent, well-done piece by uh, Jory Epstein of Yahoo Sports. She does a great job just kind of digging into his whole backstory and getting a lot of unique quotes from people who worked with him, whether it was former teammates, former coaches, etc. But I want to quote a couple of parts real quick and get your take on this. This is, this is Epstein writing about Webb, but it gives us, and this is based on a conversation she had with Broncos, probably third, maybe fourth string, uh, quarterback Ben Gucci Danucci. But first, before I get to what Ben said here, Zach, let me just read a couple things. This is Epstein writing after having spoken to Danucci. Quote, before game plans roll out, let's throw it up there, Scott. Uh, just just scroll down to the little part that I have um, that I have uh, block quoted uh, just beyond that. Yeah, right there. So before game plans roll out, Webb is weighing in on concept installation and fundamental development during OTAs. He sent Broncos quarterbacks detailed markups of installs the night before they would arrive at practice quarterback. Ben DiNucci told Yahoo sports, which concepts indicate pure progressions for which uh, quarterback for which the quarterback must consider only his receivers and which come with an alert and thus require more attention to the defensive alignment over emphasis is a good problem to have. She writes last thing. Webb also has an Instagram group chat with Wilson, Jarrett Stidham, and Danucci, in which he sends clips of rotational work aimed to hone the to hone lower body passing considerations like hip fluidity, exercise recommendations from University of Virginia strength coach Drew McDuffie and performance coach uh, Nick Shimonek, who played at Tech uh, Texas Tech with Webb, land in their DMs. And then here's if you scroll back up, Scott, here's what Danucci said. Uh, specifically his quote he said about Webb he's able to see how this new wave of quarterback approaches uh, this new wave of quarterback right so some of this stuff is oddly written but it's a great piece I'm telling you he's able to see how this new wave of quarterback approaches mechanics he's trained it himself the past few years and now is applying some of that stuff to our individual periods in practice and watching film Zach it is quote 
very refreshing. And the last thing I want to say is I just loved her, her observation about overemphasis, Zach, is a good problem to have. And especially in the face of how ill-prepared the Broncos seem to be at every level offensively last year, whether you know third down, red zone, end of game sequence, when the chips were down, they were ill-prepared. So I'm I'm loving such overemphasis. But what are your what are your uh, impressions of that? Yeah, Epstein, uh, former Cowboys beat writer. So I'm not surprised she got the quotes from Danucci. Good piece, good writer. I, I really appreciate her insight. Um, basically, my opinion is what I shared a few weeks ago in terms of Davis Webb. He was only going to take this job in terms of coaching with the Broncos. And Sean Payton saw something in him. And if Sean Payton signs off on you to be a quarterback's coach, well, you have to be up and coming. You have to have it. And we can't define what it is, but Sean Payton can. And I've likened Davis Webb to maybe like a great value version of Kellen Moore who Danucci knew from Dallas as well, a guy who didn't cut it as a quarterback on the field, but offers so much insight and, and mental acuity off the field. And he can be of, of great use to Russell Wilson. If he helps Russ see one thing differently, do one thing differently, make one play better, that could change the course of a whole game. So I, I think it's a tremendous hire. And what Danucci said, very refreshing, because how many 28-year-old backup quarterbacks do you see go from playing to semi-retirement to joining a star-crossed franchise like the Broncos and a coach like Sean Payton? I'm excited for it. It's the more we hear about. I mean, this is, Zach, the most hyped first-year quarterbacks coach maybe of all time, dude. I don't remember, at least in like the the – you know, modern internet era. Anyway, he's garnering a lot of headlines. Um, I mean, even you listen to what Russ said about him quote, this is back in uh, March. The only time I want to say we've heard from Russ since on a, on a official level, since Peyton arrived quote, coach Webb, he's been in different offenses. He's understood how to play the quarterback position. He's an incredible teacher too, a great communicator. So I'm really looking forward to it. He goes on to talk about he's the experience more and how he's got quote presence. Those are the two things we keep hearing, aside from the fact that he's so recently an NFL veteran, right? He just barely hung up his cleats, like started the season finale for the playoff-bound New York Giants because they were resting Daniel Jones. Threw for about 170 yards, just shy of. Touchdown pass, and then run uh, ran one in as well. So he has, quote, scored touchdowns in the plural sense. I used to make fun of him because, like, no, we touched down. No, he also had a rushing score. Thus, plural, touchdowns is apropos. But we've, we've heard about his experience, Zach. And then the other two things now that continue to pop up uh, as far as the skills he brings to the table uh, are his ability as a teacher and then as a communicator. And in both those, uh, when you're wearing either one of those hats, one of the things that separates, like this is something that applies to good salesmen or anybody who has to live off their wits, live off um, basically being able to reach and, and communicate with people is – taking what might be perceived as a complex topic all right or issue or whatever problem and boiling it down to a very easy to understand and simply communicated uh takeaway or bottom line that people can assimilate and uh it sounds like that's one of his uh davis webb's true strengths uh, it sounds like Davis Webb and Sean Payton share an ideology of Occam's razor. You know, the, the most likely outcome being whatever it is, the, the, the most 
the most realistic outcome being the most likely or whatever it is, however it goes. Yeah. I think they're very practical people and they view the quarterback position the same way. It's not rocket science. It, it really isn't. And you don't have to overcomplicate things. But again, if you can land someone who can just do a little more for Sean Payton and in conjunction, by the way, with Joe Lombardi, you have three really solid pillars and really solid support systems for Russell Wilson. I don't see between having the old knowledge that Sean Payton has, you know, being in the game for so long, having a, a former player who's younger than Russ on the staff now can show him a few things, maybe mentally it's you cover all your bases. And for someone like Russ, who, by the way, struggled, I think mentally, psychologically last year, no, there's no such thing as too much help is my point. Well, it's just, it's also really cool how, you know, he could be breaking down a play or studying an opponent or something, Zach, and, yeah, you could be like, yo, this is something I saw against the Eagles, you know, uh, when I right. in week 18 or whatever. And it's like, boom, instant credibility um, on top of all the other attributes. Real quick from uh, Benjamin Flores says, I forgot what Chad said about how to remove the Facebook user thing. So here's the deal. Real quick, I'm going to just do this Cliff Notes version. Okay. If you're watching from the MHH Superfan group, underneath the box that shows the video where you see me talking right now, there's a little link that you can click that is a StreamYard link that'll say, give us permission to show your Facebook profile. Boom. That's done. Uh, so Benjamin, appreciate you, big dog. And look at this. I don't recognize uh, this name, Scott Busby. And Welcome. for good reason, he says, love listening to you guys. Thank you. New here. Welcome, big Welcome. dog. Thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you for the support as well. And uh, don't be a stranger. Any topics, um, insights, questions, put it in the chat, big dog. But, Zach, it really, to me, the more I read about and learn about Davis Webb, the more encouraged and confident I become because, again, this was a team that just proved to be, in so many ways, woefully unprepared for the 2023, uh, 2022 season last year under Nathaniel Hackett. And that trickled down to <clears throat> literally every facet of the team, including the defense. And... It was just overall, like, whatever the focus and emphasis was from Hackett's regime, it just didn't seem to be on the right things that made a difference in, in the game. Now, when we talk about preparation, yeah, you can throw in not playing in the preseason and the whole club med uh, vibe of last summer, but that's not really what I'm getting at. I'm getting to, like, what are you practicing? What are you focusing on? Uh, you know, like, for example, Zach, we've already heard during OTAs, that the Broncos were going through 47 different like situational end of game or like low clock uh, uh, scenarios that they were practicing, repping those things, get it totally sunk in now so that when you face those issues come the regular season and things count and bullets are flying, you've seen it before. You're not going, Oh, what do I do now? Or you're not, it's, it's not an unfamiliar situation. So that's something that we already knew Zach, that, that almost maniacal, joy of attention to detail that Sean Payton brings to the table. Now you compound that with a position coach that seems to be equally as maniacal. And I think it, it portends well for Wilson and the offense. Yeah. The other expression that kind of popped into my head was if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And I am a culprit with this. I, I'm bad at this. You know, if you have a, a trip or a flight, let's say you can either pack the night before and be done with it, or you can pack the morning of and kind of, you know, go by the edge of your of your pants. That's what the Broncos offense, that's what the Broncos team was last year under Hackett. They were 
just learning as they went and, and creating on the fly. Nothing was set. Nothing was prepared. They didn't look like an NFL team for a majority of the season. So there's no such thing of, of, as being too careful or too ready. And I think Sean Payton realizes that. Well said. Uh, Howie, I see the additional stars. Big dog. Thank you, my friend on Facebook. You are a prince. Uh, speaking Duchess. of royalty, though, we've got the Duchess, Michaela Parker, throwing down a very generous super okay. chat, as she is wont to do. Love you, Michaela. Hope you're doing well today. She says, I have a feeling that Russell Wilson will make a big leap forward with all the coaches that are top notch. Hashtag three. And I do, too. It might be uh, asking too much, Zach, to, you know, uh, predict Russell Wilson returning to like fully elite status um, because, <coughs> pardon me, less less people forget. It was his second to last season in Seattle. Like he went crazy on touchdowns and yardage. Like it, that was a that was an MVP caliber season, and it was uh, basically one year removed from the trade to Denver. So it's not exactly ancient history. You get the right coaching emphasis. You get this dude's confidence and and wherewithal back to where it needs to be. We don't know what the limits of that could be. We really don't. So very exciting stuff, Michaela. I think I also look at, and thank you again, Michaela, as always, I look at the quality of the stats, not just the stats themselves. So even if Russ doesn't have a 40 touchdown season, if he throws for 28 and, and let's say 10 picks, it's when those touchdowns occur, are they fourth quarter comebacks? Are they game winners? It's the quality of the play. I think on any given play will be so dramatically improved from the crap show that we saw last year. And I can't, you know, it's not that far removed from Russ throwing for 4,000, throwing for 40 touchdowns. I don't know if we'll get that, but to to think he'll only do, you know, 16 to 18 again and he'll have a career low in passing yards, completion percentage, he's going to rebound big time just solely from the presence of a competent, hashtag extremely competent, head yep. coach in Sean Payton. Well said. Mike says, welcome Scott Busby here on the Mile High Huddle podcast. Great to have you here with Broncos country. Go Broncos. Love it. Taking ownership and uh, an ambassador of sorts, as my dad would say it. I used to bug me, Zach, when I was a kid. He'd, he would like purposefully mispronounce things just to irritate me because I was a words guy, right? Shocker that I ended up being a, a writer. Right. Uh, and now I like to say it too because it's just funner to say ambassador, like conquistador. Why do we say ambassador, but we don't say conquistador, right? Like you think about this, you go, English is a strange language. Sam Pam, bro, so great to see you. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Thank you for the super chat. Um, right back at you. Go Broncos. We're doing great. We can't complain. We're uh, we're loving it. We're just stoked that we are basically a week from things really kicking off. So uh, great to see you, Sam. Uh, George, bro, awesome to see you as, as well tonight. He says, just saying hello, Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. So dope, so dope. Um, Zach Howie also says, how how improved will special teams be this year? Returners have been boring in Denver for a long time, or a long while. Yeah, they've been boring basically since the Broncos got tired of, uh, you know, risking the biscuit, so to speak, with Trendon Holiday. He was the second half of his tenure in Denver. He was the, uh, you know, boomer bust guy. Like, you either got that return or, like, something dramatically bad for your team. But at least he was dynamic and um, – you know, he really helped the Broncos win. Like, he almost single-handedly kept the Broncos in that game in the divisional round against the Ravens that everybody talks about, you know, the Joe Flacco bomb uh, at the end of the game and all that stuff that went to overtime. 
if it's not for Trendon going gangbusters in that game, that Joe Flacco's not having to come back in the clutch. Doesn't take a miracle just to tie it, etc. So, uh, but what are your thoughts? How improved will special teams be? I mean, he's talking about returners, but generally speaking as well. Well, then you had Isaiah McKenzie, that disaster after that, yeah. where he literally couldn't field a punt. And then you had Jordan Taylor, sunshine back there, just holding up fair catches so they just can preserve the, the possession. Those were fun right. times. He got a ring too, sunshine did. He did. He was a Broncos legend for sure. Um, in terms of the competency of the special teams, I equate it to the head coach. Last year, the Broncos had a rookie coordinator in Dwayne Stukes. He was in way over his head. He failed with Montreal, Washington. He failed with pretty much every aspect of that unit, which ranked near last in uh, major categories. Now, but just like you're going from Hackett to Sean Payton, you're going from Stukes to Michael Westoff and Ben Kotwika to especially Westoff. He is a legendary, legendary special teams coach. He is going to ride them. He's going to be demanding just like Sean Payton. He's going to get the most out of them. And anyone counting out Montreal, Washington, I understand the Broncos acquired Marvin Mims. I realize they signed Tremont Smith, the kick returner from the Saints. But Montreal has a very rare and unique skill set in that he's blazing fast. And if you can use him the right way, similar to what Buffalo has since done with Isaiah McKenzie, speaking of him, you're going to get a lot more production. So I would look for them to go from bottom three to maybe top 15, top 10. I don't think it's asking for the world. Again, it's to, to use my partner here's uh, catchphrase, coaching, 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 baby. Yes, it makes sir. all the difference. Um, Tim, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the stars on Facebook. Very kind of you. Says, what's up, fellas? Finally, after years and years, this organization is bulking up this offensive line. Go Broncos, indeed. Zach, I thought it's on this subject, it's worth talking about. I mean, again, we're still in the middle of the uh, ubiquitous period of of lists and rankings and all this. And uh, it was interesting to see both Garrett Bowles and Mike McGlinchey on Pro Football Focus's top 32 offensive tackles in the NFL. Um, so that's good. I mean, if it was just one per team, for example, uh, you'd have th exactly 32 guys making the list, but the Broncos have two guys, both their starters making the list of top 32. So that's encouraging. And I think it's a nice little, uh, you know, it doesn't promise success for the team. I mean, obviously they got to go out there and do their thing, but Mike McGlinchey's presence, I think he has kind of a bounce back, year even though it's not like he was bad last year but i think he has a nice little uh renaissance in denver ben powers i think all these moves uh you know quinn miners taking another step forward in year three i think all these moves uh will help also raise the ship of lloyd cushionberry if indeed he ends up being the starter at center and if he's not and if someone takes it from him like kyle fuller or alex Forsythe, the seventh round rookie same principle applies for them the guys around him are going to help them play better look better you know it's gonna it's, it's a tide that raises all ships they just have to make cushionberry look competent i'm not asking for a pro bowl season from him just just be average don't get run over every play garrett bowles is garrett bowles i'm always going to have my reservations about him because he's so inconsistent mike mcglinchey though i mean after years Years of suffering through such craptastic right tackles. I mean, the Donald Stevenson, the Mental League Watsons, the Juwan James of the world, they have a bona fide stud there now. I know the Broncos, a lot of people thought the Broncos overpaid or you know he wasn't worth the money, but he is going to provide stability at a spot where they've had literally none for seven years now. Ben Powers, though, 
outside of Sean Payton, he was my favorite acquisition the Broncos made this offseason. You're talking about a road-grading mauler, a physically dominant, you know, just mass in the middle of the offensive line. And what I like about him, he has that very calm demeanor. He doesn't say much, kind of quiet, kind of passive. You put him on the field, though, that mean streak comes out, and he's going to pave massive running lanes for Pookie and Piran. Can't wait. But, yes, Sean Payton knows how the sausage gets made, and that's where the, the prime free agent dollars went was that offensive line. So, Phil, great to see you, my friend, down in Tucson. Love you, big dog. Uh, he says, I'm on vacation visiting my kids all over the country. Just sending some love. Been watching the pods on replay. Hashtag Buckham, MHH for life. Phil, we're just honored that as you uh, trek across the fruited plain, it sounds like, uh, you're keeping us in the rotation. If you're watching on replay, man, that's just as good for us. So hope hope it's been great for you seeing all the kids. And it sounds like travels have been safe so far. We hope it stays that way, bro. And next week, football returns to uh i gotta remember this now it's easy to say the old one but centura health mm -hmm. training center yeah that's gonna take a little bit to uh get in the old memory memory jog but uh phil safe travels we hope you're enjoying your vacation seeing your kids and uh like chad said stay safe i've heard of a lot of airports canceling flights a lot of panic at airports hopefully you don't have to deal with that and uh, we appreciate you tuning in amen glp the swashbuckler himself this man goes hard that's all I can tell you. Gary, appreciate you, big Thank dog. You. He says, hey, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Dylan, thanks for the great info analysis and responses to everyone. This is the highlight of my day. Go Broncos. Buckham. It's the highlight of our day too, brother. So very kind of you to say so. And I just hope you know how much we appreciate you, big dog. Looking forward to seeing you. Also, in October, it's going to be dope. Can't wait. Yeah, David, we need the countdown to the meet and greet, October 22nd. So next comment you make, let's see how many days that is. Uh, Troy again, approaching. number two tonight, bro. Thank you. Uh, the Fawn donkey himself, P H O N donkey on Twitter. <laughs> it's a very unique handle. That one stuck. I just remember it. I mean, I remember a lot of them, but that one really stuck. So Troy to my simple mind, he says simple plays that everyone can execute perfectly that are well-designed and called at the right time, be it a complicated playbook any day. Yeah. Like we hear Zach, um, you know, remember the time when when Mike McCoy was, was the offensive the coordinator and yep. his 1100 page playbook that he cheesecake had factory menu. Yes, I mean, cool and all. Hey, whatever. But I think Troy's onto something here. Yeah, ex that's exactly what I was going to say. You, you don't have to overthink it. And I feel like I can't confirm this. I, I I think I can, though, because Tim Patrick made a comment during training camp last year that the offense was very complex. And he was you know still learning it and kind of having, not complications, but it was a learning curve. I feel like Hackett's playbook was very big. And it doesn't need to be that way. And I feel like Sean Payton, it might be smaller, but those plays, just like Andy Reid, you're going to get the maximum production on each and every play, and you're going to call the right plays for the right players. It's not rocket science. It's football, and the right coaches know how to do it. So true. Like, if you think back to, um, I mean, different side of the ball here, but if you think back to Wade Phillips' time as uh, defensive coordinator the second, second time, so Super Bowl 50 era, you know, no one ever – you know, when people talk about Vic Fangio, for example, they will talk about the complexity of his scheme, the different ways, the um, sophisticated ways he would hide coverages and disguise pressure and different things. Wade Phillips, no one ever accused him of being, uh, 
you know, like this, this uh, savant when it comes to the X's and O's. What he did was pretty straightforward how he called defense in terms of his front seven uh, philosophies and then, you know, what he did with the corners as far as coverage, man, uh, two deep shells. Let, let's just hope to God we can get pressure and I'll throw numbers at you if I've got to. That was all fine and dandy. But what really separated him as one of the great play callers of this modern era on defense was that knack, that insight, that innate ability yep. in critical situations to know what play to call right now that's going to that's gonna seal the deal or get the job done. And it just so happens, Zach, Sean Payton is one of those guys as well on the offensive side of the ball. I was going to say intuition, but your words you know, work perfectly as well. We're making the same point. And I, I hate to keep bringing up Andy Reid, but if you watch a Chiefs game, Patrick Mahomes is great, yeah, but Andy Reid just knows what to call, when to call it. And if you have that intuition, if you have that it factor for a head coach or a play caller, you're going to go places. And Sean Payton is one of the best at doing just that. This is uh, apropos from Scott. Keep it simple, stupid. Too many guys out there trying to reinvent the wheel. It's just football. Yep. Indeed. Um, indeed. Boiling it down to, uh, to the bottom line, baby. Patrick. Great to see you, my friend. He says, Aloha, Priest and Scott. Is there, are there any rumblings, Zach, about a free agent center being picked up or a cap cut the Broncos could be eyeing? Mahalo. Right back at you, brother. What's your answer, Zach? First of all, Patrick, I see you. Lion Coffee. Go, guys, go out, look it up, get you some. It's amazing coffee. I can, you know, rubber stamp that firsthand. Um, I have not heard anything tangible right now about a center being picked up. And it's one of those things where if the Broncos wanted to sign one, they would have by now. So obviously they're content going into training camp with Cushenberry, Alex Forsyth, Kyle Fuller, and Luke Wattenberg kind of all pushing to unseat Cush. Now, I fully expect, and just as Sean Payton hinted before they went on their, their summer break, when the rosters get trimmed and after preseason, when you're seeing more players hit the open market, I fully expect Denver, George Payton, Sean Payton to kind of sift through that rubble and see if they can't find anyone. But that would be presuming Cushenberry doesn't outright claim the job. And all he has to do, I feel like, because he is being installed as the incumbent, just don't fall on your face, literally or figuratively. Just stay upright and look competent, and the job will be his. Well said, well said. I just want to give a quick shout-out to Big T. Been a minute. He says, uh, good evening. Even though I haven't been able to be in the live chats in a while, I still listen to all the podcasts. Stay cool and hydrated. Go Broncos. Great to see you, big dog. Appreciate you. Uh, and Keith's here saying on Facebook, looks like I'm going to make the 800-mile one-day drive for a few days of training camp. Woot, woot. Awesome. That'll be dope, dude. Uh, that'll be awesome. We'll look forward to uh, hearing from you on some of those topics. Uh, Zach, real quick. So we are at uh, 37 minutes approaching. So, guys, we're, we're getting close to probably where we're, we're going to um, sign off. So any burning topics, get them in the chat. We will do our best to get to them. Uh, Nick, great to see you tonight, my, my brother. He says, did you guys see the roundtable discussion on worst to first? I don't even know the host names. He looks like Tom Green with long hair and a beard. Anyways, Greg Jennings picked the Broncos going from worst to first, and the host was so quick to discount Greg's pick and undermine Russell Wilson and the offense and says they won't be good again. What a pansy he does not does he not know Sean Payton is the coach? I know. I think part of that, Zach and and Nick, and I'll I'll say this with you know, this is a, a good faith, um the, in the spirit of good faith. I think 
like a lot of Broncos fans, there were many analysts out there who got over their skis last year on the Broncos landing Russ and hiring Aaron Rodgers offensive coordinator and how great it was going to be. And not only was it not great, but it was like alarmingly bad. So I think there's a lot of analysts out there who, like some Broncos fans, Zach, want to believe, but they also been burned. They're traumatized. They don't want to go out on a limb on something like that. But I agree with you, Nick, your last sentiment. Did they forget who the Broncos hired? This isn't, hey, let's take a chance on a guy who's called plays in the NFL literally once in Jacksonville. Uh, and uh, it would be a first-time head coach, and let's hope for the best. A guy who, oddly and ironically, helped like convince us to hire him by saying, and if you do, I'll hire someone to teach me how to do my job. Really <laughs> weird situation last year. Uh, but I agree with you that Sean Payton coming in, this is a guy, Zach, 15 years experience as a head coach, four losing seasons out of 15, won a Super Bowl. I mean, if that weren't impressive enough, look at the skins that he has on the wall relative to the quarterback position, and you're going, all right, are we really predicting another failure to launch from Russell Wilson in 2023? Because if so, why? Like, what are you banking that prediction on? Well, I'm trying to figure out using uh, Nick's context clues who that analyst might be. You mentioned long hair. You mentioned pansy. Is that Nick Wright? Could that be Nick Wright? He fits those categories. But regardless, that's the way it's going to be. It doesn't matter. You know, I brought up this quote yesterday that I saw on quarterback. Kirk Cousins said, if I could walk on water, my critics would say it's because I can't swim. Yeah. That's exactly how it's going to be with the Broncos, even if they win games. But it doesn't matter because they would be winning games. And that's the bottom line. So you're going to hear the same type of sentiment. Oh, doesn't matter. Russell Wilson's washed. He's terrible. Sean Payton's not going to get him back. They're not going to make the playoffs. All the same crap we've been hearing for years. That's going to change, though. And some of them will eat crow. Some of them will admit when they're wrong. Others won't. But like I said before, we all remember and we all have those receipts, baby. Roy on Facebook. Hey, do you know if any credible of any credible truth about Marcus Peters going to our Broncos. So the um, former Kansas city chiefs guy last couple of years been in Baltimore. I haven't heard Zach, anything Same. concrete that links him to Denver. There's been guys like me who both on the podcast and in written form have said, Hey, if you want to get one more guy, that's a veteran to kind of help you feel better about the relative lack of depth at cornerback. I like him as an option. There are other options, too, that are, are very likable, but I haven't heard anything, Zach, that's concrete. And a lot of people wonder if he's, you know, well on the on the downswing uh, just based on, you know, how he's played the last year, last year specifically. But I still like him like I as a guy who would maybe be a, a starter opposite Sertan, like if you needed him to. But at worst is like that next boundary guy into the fray. I think the Broncos could do a lot worse. I'm one of those people who think that Marcus Peters is on the downside. He he doesn't have the best attitude either when his teams are losing, so I kind of want to stay away from that um, kind of cancerous attitude. And if you're talking about needing a veteran, well, PS2 is a veteran. You have K1 Williams, who's a veteran. And I'm all always a fan of giving the younger players their shot. I feel like Damari Mathis is going to be a great number two. You drafted Riley Moss. I think you're pretty set in the secondary where you don't have to go out and shell money for a veteran that might not even be an upgrade on what you have already. Marcus, hey, I saw your uh, comment earlier, and I started, and it turned out on the topic of special teams, we ended up 
getting to it through a, a different, I think the stars comment from Howie. So, um, yeah, why haven't we talked much about special teams this offseason? Lots of offense and defense. Longtime listener, he says, appreciate you listening, my friend. Hopefully we got to some of that. Uh, things are looking up definitely. I mean, not just by virtue of uh, Kotwika, but you got uh, the assistant head coach is also a special teams expert. So very cool. And Chris Banjo uh, as well. Right. That's right. So coaching expertise on that side of, of the ball. Really, really encouraging. Yeah. Keith says, how close is Sean Payton's finger to the trigger to go from Russ, Zach, to Jarrett Stidham? I feel like it would take a lot. That's my opinion. It, it would take obviously an injury to Russ, knock wood, or it would take like just three or four consecutive horrible outings for Sean Payton to admit that's what he would be doing is admitting defeat. They brought him in. He knows that he signed knowing that he's inheriting Russell Wilson and his chief priority is fixing Russell Wilson. Everyone from ownership to George Payton to the fan base to Russ himself probably is counting on that. So once you make that switch, there's no going back. You're signaling that's the end of the Russ era, and we feel like Jared Stidham, mostly a career backup, offers us a better chance to win. So it would be last Last resort, worst case scenario for them to make that move. I'm more comfortable, though, if for some reason Stidham would have to come into the game, him keeping the Broncos afloat compared to a Brett Rippon. But I, I feel okay. like Russ has a longer leash than most people realize. Couldn't have said it better. Um, last thing here, guys, and then we're going to dip out from Douglas. Says, hello, all at MHH in Broncos country. How much do you think, you know, this is all web, what we're hearing about web and stuff, uh, or via Sean Payton's, uh, kind of coaching the coach. So the type of things we're hearing about um, Webb and, you know, being a great communicator, Zach, being a great teacher, all this stuff, is that him or is this because Sean Payton's coaching him to coach? Look, I think Sean Payton is definitely um, an influence on that. But one of the things we heard immediately before the players ever even met Davis Webb from Sean Payton was a nice little backstory anecdote about, how this kid, uh, first of all, everyone he texted and talked to on the phone gushed about him, and that when he learned that he had saved every single game plan he ever had on his computer dating back to high school, he was blown away. And this is, again, a guy who um, was a prolific high school athlete. So like, this wasn't just like a guy who had a good good uh, senior year in high school and managed to get a scholarly. No, no, no. This dude was like setting records in high school. Then he went on to have uh, kind of some unfortunate luck by way of just competition in college and kind of had to move around a little bit. But um, no, to answer the question, I don't think this is what we're hearing, just Sean Payton rubbing off on him. I think this is just kind of the guy he is, but he's also taking his marching orders from Sean Payton and they share a lot of those same traits. Exactly. Yeah, this is I don't want to take anything away from Davis Webb. It's it was a merit based hire because obviously Sean Payton saw something in Webb. And again, there's that between the eyeballs it factor that other coaches might not have. And you want to kind of capture that from a younger perspective. And Davis Webb being seven years younger than Russ can really maybe see the game differently or offer just a little more insight than an older quarterbacks coach would. But between him an older quarterbacks coach and Joe Lombardi and obviously Sean Payton, you cover every base there. And like we said, no such thing as over preparation. Zach, before you get to the messages, shout out, Mike. Thank you, big yep. dog. Really Thank appreciate you, your support every night. You know, this 
Nick, thanks for the kind words. Says Zach, uh, Chad and Zach, you guys are an incredible duo. Remind me of Elway to Sharp. Thanks for all you do for Broncos fan. We love you. MHS for life. We love you too, big dog. Thank you. Uh, we're out of here, guys. But before we dip out, we got a few messages for you. That was a tremendous episode of the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some of our merch, including Buckham merchandise, on sale now. Good stuff. MHHmerch.com. Check that out. If you haven't done so, give us a like on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Follow us on Insta at mile underscore high underscore huddle and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for your chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, as I implore every podcast, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight. David McElrath, Troy, Michaela, the Duchess, Sam Bam, Gary Palmer, Howie, uh, Mike Ronquillo, Colby, Scott, George, Tim, Phil, Keith. Much love and respect, you guys. We'll see you on Thursday night, uh, of course, when we come back to the microphone. But uh, tomorrow's Tuesday, so you'll get some Broncos for breakfast. you get some Building the Broncos. going to be a great day, so don't miss those shows. This is the last week until January without any Broncos football activity. So hang in there. We'll see you Thursday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.